the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. Hey, if you guys have any questions, any comments you'd like to make, uh, feel free to call us 216-901-0945. Like the guy said, I am Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon, ready to try to help you by answering any questions I can. If I can, I'll look at the answers up and get back to you. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting. We've had a lot of stuff going on today All right, over the past week. I don't know if you've seen the price of gold. Um, I am not a gold bug by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I have a client who knows more about this than just about anybody I know. <laughs> and so we had a good uh, conversation, and there's a little bit of it in my portfolio now, not a lot, by the way, because uh, um, in the long run, it's been a very difficult thing to gauge. Nobody really knows where the price is going to go. Uh, that that's the problem with most commodities, uh, especially something that you know, like a precious metal. It's very, very, very difficult. But under these conditions, I don't think it's it's all that bad to have a little bit in there. And it's actually in some of the ETFs that I manage anyway. That's one of the reasons that I didn't pay that much attention to it because I knew I already had that base covered and was helping the overall portfolio in. Uh, so tons of crazy ads on that kind of stuff. The uh, it's, it's really interesting to see what's happening. Typically, it, it's a psychological thing, in my opinion. Uh, it's what people go to when they think there's going to be really high inflation. And I will tell you that based on what the Fed's been doing, and I think they've been doing a masterful job, so is the Department of Treasury, keeping up the economy until it can get back on its feet again because the economy is going to recover. There, there's no doubt in my mind that it will recover. And the, uh, the government is doing unprecedented things, you know, sending out checks, keeping people from losing their houses and cars. Um, and uh, ultimately at some point in time, it may lead to higher than normal inflation. That's why gold is running so much right now. Because, you know, and by the way, why didn't it start running, you know, <laughs> a couple of years ago? <laughs> Some people say it did, but actually it went down a lot and then came back. So um, from its all-time high, it's not that far away. In other words, if you just bought it and held it for the past, you know, 15 years, you're like, mm, wow, I you know, could have made more money in 
a savings account. Um, but the uh, anyway, it maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. Don't know. Actually, anybody that claims to know that doesn't know what they're talking about, or they just don't want you to know what you're what what they're talking about because they're trying to sell some gold. <laughs> a lot of it gets marked up. I mean, there's a big markup in in gold when you go out to buy uh, the the metal. And there are lots of different ways of doing it. I was trying to talk my client into coming on the radio, and uh, he, he just said, no, <laughs> he's afraid. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I understand. When I first started my radio show, I think for the first six months, I put a bag over my head so nobody could see me. <laughs> I'm just kidding, kind of. <laughs> but. Anyway, somebody somebody asked, by the way, why does he keep joking? Why does he keep laughing on his radio show? I guess, you know, the the long and short reason is that this is kind of boring for me now. <laughs> not the show, uh, just financial markets, okay? the uh, This is not the first time something like this has happened, and it's happened around the world in multiple countries, uh, you know, every few years. So is it a little bit different this time? Yes, it is. This is being brought about all the economic hardships are being brought on by a disease and that's you know that hasn't happened since the early 1900s long before most of my clients were born actually long before any of my clients were born that was over a hundred years ago <laughs> not that I think about it and I don't have any hundred year old clients anymore um so it's really a uh, um interesting how life just kind of kind of unfolds and some things uh, tend to repeat, although not exactly the same way they did before. So when people say history repeats itself uh, or this time it's different, you know, they're both right. They're both right. History does have a tendency to do some similar things over time, but it's never quite the same. And uh, where are we now? Well, now we've got interest rates that are so low that that's a problem. It's it's been a problem the, the past five years. You know, the average um, bond portfolio has been you know about two percent a year net of expenses, and some of them have lost money. Uh, the by the way, the commodities index is negative big time over the last five years. So if you had one of those. ETFs that was in gold and silver and corn and you know, whatever else, the uh, then it's actually lost a lot of money over the last five years. So, and by the way, when you're in a big pension plan, they're almost obligated to carry some of that stuff. They don't carry a lot of it, but they carry they have to carry some of it. And uh, I know that uh, bothers a lot of them because they have to carry that asset class because at some point in time you might get much higher inflation again. And then when it does, that fund will probably do very well. So anyway, here's where we are now. I've been talking a lot about a product that, uh, uh, a specific product. It's a type of a product. Um, this is not the only one. It just happens to be my favorite. Uh, at least right now I keep tabs on these things. And if another company with a, uh, uh, equal quality credit rating comes up, I'll start to talk about that product um, because I'm not naive enough to think that things aren't ever going to change. But for right now, there's a, a product that guarantees an income. It guarantees an income. And this is what you're doing with this. This is very important. 
You know, I don't uh, make blanket recommendations. I'm not a one size fits all kind of a guy. I really believe that you've got to do what's right for you and you got to know yourself fairly well. You have to know what kind of risk taker you are. How much risk do you want to take on? Do you want to try to pass off some of that risk to, to someone else to manage for you? And that's actually what this is for. It's passing off some of the risk to someone else so that they can manage it for you. And by the way, uh, Nationwide's a pretty good risk manager, very good risk manager. And it, it, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, if you want more information on this, just email me. Go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. Say, look, I heard you talking about that thing that has a guaranteed income. Now, the guarantees, incidentally, are only as good as the underlying companies that are making them. I'm uh, uh, The reason I'm talking about this in this tone and, and going into so much detail, I got uh, emails from this guy. It was forwarded to me. Very nice man. He's being given information that is so one-sided that it's just, uh, you know, that's not cool. You need to tell both sides of the story because there's risk to everything. There is risk to everything. There's risk in treasuries right now that are paying one half of a percent. You know what the risk is? It's called inflation. That's a tough one because most people don't, you don't see inflation. You just notice that the food prices are going up in the grocery store. You notice that when you went to buy some clothing that you paid a little bit more maybe than the last time you did. And it's really hard. Uh, that's hard to track. That's why I, I called it the silent thief, you know, because nobody's really watching. It's not making a lot of noise. You just notice that the prices start to creep up over time. And when you do stuff like what's going on right now, where the government's doing the right thing, they're trying to keep the economy on track. They're trying to keep us from going into a depression. And I can't tell you how many people are complaining about that. I'm like, are you, <laughs> you just don't get it. Okay, you just don't get it. They're, they're trying to, and they're doing a wonderful job. And they've done things that they've never done. They've done things they've never done, and it's carefully thought out. Is it going to be perfect? Uh, excuse me, but we're still human. <laughs> Humans are never going to be perfect. Is it going to be better than doing nothing? Yes, that's my opinion. It's a lot better than doing nothing, because doing nothing means you end up just like the 1930s when, uh, who was it? The, uh, oh man, Wilson, Woodrow Wilson. The uh, prosperity is just around the corner. All you got to do is wait. Just sit on your hands and wait. Really? That's why all those people lost their homes. Uh, the banks called the notes. That's why all the banks failed because you did nothing. And these guys are doing something. It's, and I, I really like it. In fact, you know, we're the actually, we're the grand experiment in America. You Google that phrase, you'll, you'll see several definitions on it. But in my mind, the, the real grand experiment was the monetary system, the, the banking system. It is what has funded everything that we've done. And one of the reasons that we're the world's top economy, that's my humble opinion. And it actually, a lot of the stuff that we've been done has been adopted by other countries who are starting to catch up, which is a good thing. And uh, some of the things that they've done and have had a lot of success with, we're now starting to do. And I'm thinking, hey, that's an even better thing. 
Is it challenging? It's always going to be challenging. It's called life. Life is challenging. If you haven't noticed. <laughs> and if you haven't noticed, it's because you're uh, like under the age of 18 months and those terrible twos are just around the corner. <laughs> yes. But I'm here to tell you that uh, you can get through it. This I have complete confidence in in the system. I have comp- comp- uh, confidence that they're doing a lot of the right things. Is it going to be perfect? No, never is. But do you need perfection to reach your goals? Probably not. You know, you don't actually have to have perfection. And I think that there are certain areas, uh, investment areas, that are being helped out tremendously from this. Now, I'm going to refer to my uh, my unofficial analyst on the gold when people call and ask about that because I talked about it. I'm calling him. <laughs> The uh, but when it comes to stocks, bonds, that's I'm going to go back to my research and do what I know is the right thing. And and here's kind of where we are right now. If if you wanted, if you're a young person, if you're a young person and you're interested, or let's say you're more than, if you're more than ten years away from retirement, if you're more than ten years away from thinking about retirement, I would be looking at. Health, the healthcare industry. I have a model. Again, reach out to me. I'll be glad to send it to you or talk to you on the phone about it before I send it because I have a licensing issue there. The company wants to charge. I'm not. I'm not allowed to send everything out mass to everybody. So I just. I have to have a brief conversation uh, or an email. Email works. You know the. Uh, but it's got to be one on one. You can't just send it out to a group of people. And just ask me. I've got a. Uh, Two different models I like to kind of add to the models that we're running now. Um, investment models. And one of them is healthcare. The other semiconductors. You heard me talk about that a lot. They, they are actually, both of those industries are benefiting from what's happening right now. And, uh, you know, it's kind of sad, but you know, at the same time, you know, that's the silver lining, I think. And by the way, these are all just my opinions. And if, if I can be wrong. I am wrong. Occasionally, everybody's wrong. But when you look at the age of the population in the United States and, and around the world, for that matter, the fastest growing segment is above 60. What happens when you get above 60? Well, you start to get, uh, your body starts to wear out, you know, start to get tired. And uh, that's, that's kind of tough. Uh, it's expensive. There are a lot of medical expenses involved with that. So, you know, and you have two choices, either, you know, take care of yourself you know, health wise, or, or you end up going away, and sometimes you can't help it anyway. But the, uh, the bottom line is, it's demographically, it's in a good place, and there are a lot of companies doing a lot of good there, and um, their sales are going up nicely. Look at the semiconductors, all this work at home stuff. Man, we are to the point now where actually we've gotten so used to it. You know, and in fact. Um, I don't know. I was probably ten years ago that I bought everybody in the office the kits to be able to work from anywhere we needed to, and uh, we've got uh, our custodians have the world's best security. Um, that's why we use them. And there's literally about there's nothing that we can't do from home that we can do in the office. So this has really not really affected us too much, other than the fact that. Uh, you know, you just like to get out of the house and like to see somebody every once in a while. <laughs> but,
But uh, the bottom line is, you know, we can work from home and, and do everything we need to do. And uh, so anyway, um, back to what I was talking about earlier. If, if your goal, if one of your goals is to have some guaranteed income, okay, and again, the guarantee is only as good as the company that's making it. You've got to be careful there. You've got to be as careful as you possibly can be. Do your homework. Do your due diligence. Okay, so, but if you wanted to know, uh, if you've got a certain amount of income you'd like to secure. You'd like to, or try to secure that. All right, I know I, I need this amount of money to pay my basic living expenses. How much would that be? You can go to this website uh, and find out. It'll actually, you put your age in there and how much money you'd like to see, and it'll tell me how, tell you how much money you need. If you uh, did the other thing, you went in and said, all right, this is how much I have. How much can I get for that? That's fine. Either way. And it's very self-explanatory. Uh, it is a it is a nationwide website. So again, if just go to the go to the internet, look me up or call us. The number is three three zero six six four zero seven hundred, and uh, check that out. You can always, you know, um, I will meet you in my office for an appointment face to face. I'm not really afraid of the coronavirus. I'm um, I'm pretty sure we had it. We have masks there for anybody that wants to come in. Hand sanitizer. You can you can stand six feet away. It's not a problem. We got plenty of room there. So I'm inviting you there. If, if you just want to talk about your situation, that's cool too. Uh, it's basically what I do. Uh, I talk, read, do a lot of research. Uh, Gary and Melissa administrate Fidelity and E-Trade Folio. We got whole staffs of people behind us that work at those firms. So anyway, I hear the music. That means my first commercial break is up. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Feel free to go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. If you hear something that you'd like more information about during my show, feel free to reach out. I'll get back to you as quickly as humanly possible. Uh, it is a little bit slower since we're spending a lot of time working from home, and so are the companies that we deal with. Uh, that's been interesting to see how much of that has slowed down. Um, so anyway, but it's still pretty quick. You, know, you won't be on hold for long. And I've got a phone caller calling in. It's uh, Adam. Is this Adam Ludicky? <laughs> Good morning, Bill. Hey, <laughs> how did I know? <laughs> I I don't know. I you've got uh, the crystal ball in your office. You yeah, probably carry it with you to the radio station. <laughs> yeah, that one <wasn't>, never works. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I had a question about a company that I got lucky. It started out as a trade, but I'm looking at it more as an investment. It's uh, BG Foods. Yeah, hang on a second. That's BGF. BGS. Is the yes. BGF or BGS? BGS, as in Steve. Okay. All right. Yep. The uh, and well, my question was: At what point does that yield become unattractive to? Someone who wants to invest in the company right now it's at six and a half percent. Yeah, right. And here's the in thing: in your opinion, I'm, yeah. So they make uh, 
I'm going to go to their website right now. Just from the numbers, uh, revenues were 1.7 billion trailing 12 months, and they were actually up the last quarter compared to the quarter a year ago. That, by the way, the reason that you compare those and you don't compare two quarters in a row is because people don't buy nearly as many golf clubs in the dead of winter as they do in the spring. Does that make sense? Yes. So when you're looking at sales, you don't want to look at this quarter towards last quarter. It's great if they're up over that quarter. That's awesome. But you really want to look because most businesses are a little bit cyclical or, or seasonal, I should say. You want to compare, say, the first quarter of 2020 to the first quarter of 2019 because of the cyclical nature of most businesses. Okay. And okay. I'm not sure if uh, anybody ever really talks about that a lot. I think it's just kind of a, a given in the financial services industry that any analyst already knows that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they forget to tell the public about that. <laughs> but you won't sell nearly as many winter coats in the middle of summer as you will in the fall. Of course. So it's just kind of common sense. But that's uh, one of the things you want to do. And what this one is doing, it's showing the quarterly, so the 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 – Last quarter versus the quarter a year ago, and I don't, I'm not sure it's as important with a company that makes uh, food products, you know, packaged food. But uh, all other things being equal, you know, it's still the way that we'd like to do it. And uh, it's 8.88%. So that's pretty good. That's actually very good, uh, despite the fact that, you know, we've had all this stuff happening. Uh, having said that, the profit margins on a company like that are typically somewhere between 5 and 10%, depending on how many brands they own. A, a brand, by the way, Procter & Gamble can charge a whole lot more money for their products because people are so familiar with them than mm-hmm. a lot of other, uh, you know, generic manufacturers. So they're all, kind of, you know, they, they stay pretty aware of that stuff, but uh, they're setting their profits so that they have a, they can try to achieve a certain type of profit margin. And looking at this company, and uh, food companies can be very profitable. This one actually uh, fluctuates quite a bit more than uh, <laughs> a lot of other companies. I'm taking on, yeah, I'm taking on a lot, a lot of risk as a trade, and now I'm looking at, like I said, as an investment. Well, yeah. Well, see, I don't know because I'm looking at post-pandemic, I, and no one knows the future. So sure. maybe a year from now, people might not be eating as much from home. All right. Well, here's here's the thing. They've got. The market value of the company is about $1.7 billion or $1.8 billion. Okay, that's just the value of the stock. If you look at the revenue, it's $1.7 billion. So it's it's up just a little bit over one times. A company like that should be able to, in the long run, uh, and I say this just having watched other companies similar to this company and this company in its history. So I have a basis for making this observation. It's not something I just pulled out of the air. It's something I I just looked at. And being familiar with other companies like this company, Craft uh, Foods, there's a, there's a whole ton of companies that you know, look at uh, Hershey's that, that could be comparable to this. So anyway, Kellogg's, um, you look at that and you go, okay, yeah, they should probably be able to maintain the profit margins that they have because that's pretty normal for the industry, especially when you've got some brands out there. And revenue growth is is up a little bit, which is very good, especially in this environment. The profitability uh, is very good. 
And so that dividend yield, uh, they're paying out. It looks like they, they paid out uh, almost all their profits as a dividend last quarter. That may not be all that good. But the, uh, the bottom line is, across the board, it, it looks fine. Uh, does that mean it can't go down? No. I mean, it's a stock. You know, it, it can go down. <laughs> yes. It can go down a lot. But if it did go down a lot, this is one where I would be going, huh, maybe I'll just pick up a little bit of that right now. By the way, here are some of their, I was just looking this up. They own Cream of Wheat, Devonshire, uh, Durkee, Emeralds, uh, and they own, um, let's see, Mama Mary's, Maple Grove Farms. These are just names that you, that's what I meant by brands. Those are names. Green Giant. Yeah. So those are names that, uh, yeah. So I look at that and go, the 6.5% dividend looks pretty good. Um, is it going to stay good? Your guess is as good as mine. You know, the, uh, okay. But the bottom line is, this looks fine. If I saw some, that someone had this in their portfolio I, and, and wanted to know about it like you're asking right now, you know, yeah, it looks fine. The The share price is, you know, because it's a stock, it it actually traded its price back in 2012. And it's it's 2020 now. So uh, it went way up, went up to like 48, close to 50 the, uh, at one point in time. And during the pandemic was under 15. And most people will look at that and go, wow, that's too volatile. Well, that's, you know, that's a normal stock, you know. It's I, been bumpy. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, okay. I wish I, you know, I hope that helps. Um, I know most people that are listening will go, well, why don't you just tell us exactly what to do? Because, you know. <laughs> There's uh, not an exact way of doing this. That's, this is why you diversify. It's why you hold more than one stock or more than a handful of stocks because you don't want to be yeah. wrong, especially when you start getting closer to retirement age. And uh, I see that a, a, a lot. And that, that's kind of a rookie mistake, trying to put too much weight, too much emphasis on one company. If you like this company, I don't see any problem with adding it to your portfolio. I did have one more question. You talked about a company overstock. Yep. How high? I mean, does this does this, have you seen? Hey, a stock hey, like hey, that hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, I got to get my crystal ball. One second. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I was setting you up. <laughs> yep. Um, that's just had an unbelievable run, but at some point, I mean. Got to be some profit taking, huh? Or you're guessing you like that. Uh, I'm telling yeah. you that that's not what people yeah. want to hear. And unfortunately, uh, it's part of my personality to tell you how it is, not what I think you want to hear. <laughs> that that makes me I, it, it makes me very very unpopular <laughs> with a lot of people, right. and especially right. at parties, you know. But uh, no, realistically, you don't know it. It's had a great run. That stock's been all over the map. You know, if you look at it go all the way back to its inception, it is amazing how much that stock goes up and down. And that's uh, just one of the reasons I think you got to have a method here. You know, you got to have a method. And it's not easy. And you've got thousands of people telling you their version of what they do, which is fine. But you got to find one that works for you and that'll help you make those decisions. Overstock, by the way, I've always used in my momentum models. If I like okay. it, I'll buy it. I'll put a stop on it because that stock is up and down a lot. Now, Overstock, for those of you that don't know who the company is, they're an online retailer, 
and they're kind of like an online home goods or an online online TJ Maxx where they buy stuff that that didn't actually or wasn't selling that well or somebody was trying to get rid of the inventory so they could get a new product in and they're willing to to buy sell it below um normal costs uh, or normal prices overstock will buy that and then they'll sell it on their website so it's been a very successful company uh, you see the guy coming up on Kramer's talk show all the time. He loves that guy for some reason, but the uh, um, he is an interesting guy. So the uh, but the stock man, it, <laughs> it is all. I know over it's like going to Vegas. I know it's playing the roulette wheel with that. Well, but okay. see, when people play the roulette wheel, wheel, the odds are not in their favor. <laughs> you you can wait until the odds tilt slightly in your favor. Doesn't mean you're gonna. It doesn't guarantee a win. What it guarantees is that the odds were slightly in your favor. And, in fact, in most games in the casinos, uh, they, and I hate to talk about casinos and gambling too much. It makes people think I'm a gambler. I'm not. That's that's why I don't gamble. I know that the odds are not in my favor. And investing is trying to figure out what the probabilities actually are instead of just, well, I have a feeling. Um, I want to get an idea of is this overpriced or not? Is this a uh, something that fluctuates a lot or not? What does the company actually do to make money? So when you bring in uh, up Overstock, you, know, you didn't call me ahead of the today's show. I know that company. I know what they do. I know how they do it. I know what their profit margins are. I know what their sales have been. Okay. So when it comes up on a scan and I buy it, I think the last time I bought it was a uh, a few months ago. The uh, and it went up, was okay, got stopped out of it. Oh well get stopped out and now it's at a newer high and and I just didn't buy it the next time it came up because I was already, I already had the money redeployed someplace else. So, okay. the, uh, but I've been in and out of that stock a, a gazillion times and I like it. You know, I think it's it, been a great trading stock. Yes, it, it has. Yeah, I know that from a long-term mm. investor standpoint, mm, it actually peaked in 2005 and is slightly below where it was in 2005. So from a right long, now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, geez. So okay. for, that's my point. As a long-term investor, I'm not interested. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, I know it's a 30-fold in the last six months or whatever. And, yeah, and it was oh. down 95% from the par- price that it reached in 2005. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, well, those are some good nuggets to follow. Yeah, yeah. The, the main thing is to have an idea, to have – you got to have some me- – and it's – I like – having multiple methods i have two basic i've got the momentum which you know very well you can go to look out for the bull that's explained there uh or i've got the value thing which is basically a warren buffett and, and what i try to do with the value thing is i try to get a an, a decent idea of, of what the company's normal profit margins should be like how do you do that well you look at the company's own history and then you look at the companies that are close by them because I can tell you this, when the CEO of that company goes into a board meeting and their profit margins are not as high as their competitors are, the board members want to know why. What are you doing What are or not doing that your competitors are? Because the board members are there to try to protect the rights of the shareholders. Okay, So there's a lot of pressure on the board itself because the board, mem- board members can be sued for not doing their job. So the board members are going in and they're looking at the CEO and saying, Hey, you know, you, why, what are you doing? 
why are you not matching the profit margins of at least the industry average? So there is a tremendous amount of pressure on these guys to be able to, to try to do whatever they can to get those profit margins in line with those of their competitors. Now, And if they're going to try to do something that they think is going to hurt their profitability for a little while, like Jeff Bezos from Amazon does all the time, they'll come out, those managements will come out and explain, here's what we're doing, here's why we expect it to cost us money, and we don't know whether or not we're going to succeed. Now, let me ask you a question. If your CEO told you that, would you invest with him? Uh, Probably probably not. not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's why he's one of the richest men that's ever lived, because he's willing to take those chances, and the guy is honest. And he fails a lot, and he admits it. And and it's the only way you make success. A lot of people want to figure all the all the answers out in advance, and they get upset when they can't do that. Well, you know, there's only one person uh, I know that would be able to do that, and I haven't met him yet. Hopefully, I will one day. You know, I pray to him every day, <laughs> so I might make it up there. But the uh, um, that's the only <laughs> only one that knows the future for sure. And if you really, when you get, when you try to know the future too well, uh, or try to get it down, that's as risky as not paying attention to it at all. Yeah, in my opinion. Uh, so you gotta, you gotta find that middle road there somewhere. Understand not all your investments are gonna work out. Just like Jeff Bezos, he talks about that a lot. Uh, yeah. it's why you diversify. Uh, it's why you try to pay attention to what's going on around you. Try to get to know yourself how much risk you think you can actually take, build your portfolio around that risk level. And, uh, and if you don't know how to assess that, that's why, that's actually why I have a job. And that's, that is my job. It's being a, a, a risk manager. Now, everybody's aware. Anybody can look up the sales and profits of any company that's publicly traded. That's not a, that's not a trick anymore. That, that's available in a gazillion places online. Most people don't know what that means or what kind of risk they're taking when they're looking at those numbers if they invest in those companies. And that takes a while. It takes a while to get it down. Uh, once you get it down, it's, it's not what they want to hear, by the way. Um, they, uh, they want to hear that, hey, you know Apple's going to go straight up because they're going to split the stock, right? Well, no, I don't know that. And neither do you. And we'll look. Whoops. Hey, that music uh, came on really loud. Okay, <laughs> I well, guess they want Bill, me out thanks there. Thanks for taking, <laughs> thanks for taking my call. Enjoy your show as always. I uh, look forward to uh, talking more. Thanks, thanks, Adam. Have a good weekend. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. I'll be back after these messages, and we'll talk about some individual stocks for a change. Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. You can find this show as a podcast on iHeartRadio uh, or at my website, BullingtonCapital.com, and you can reach out to me there as well. And uh, we will try to get back to you as quickly as humanly possible. Um, it's been interesting over the past few months doing all this work, most of it remotely. Uh, it's been kind of weird, actually, but uh, it still works. It blows my mind. <laughs> 
Anyway, if you if you want more information on the uh, lifetime incomes, yeah, they, there's a part and a portion for just about everybody, but for a lot of people, you know, some products are not the right fit. If you've got, uh, I won't go into that today. Maybe on next week's show, because uh, it's just too. It, it's there's a lot to it. But bottom line is, if you were looking to guarantee a certain amount of income, then there's a product for that. If you believe that stocks are going to do extremely well and you'd like to participate in that, okay, there's, there's a, there are products for that. Uh, if you're completely petrified, which a lot of people are right now because there's so much negative news uh, out there, there's always going to be negative news no matter what. And that's one of the biggest challenges I think that individual investors have is trying to see things clearly uh, through a unbiased opinion uh, or view and everybody has biases i mean we all have biases trying to be aware that you have biases and being aware of what those are that can be a trick sometimes so anyway bottom line is you have to figure out kind of what you think you would like to try to achieve and then if you don't know how to do that then you have you call advisors have them explain and if you're not comfortable, call another advisor. You know, I, the worst thing that could happen, I've, I've met some very nice people over the years, and we did not agree on investment ph- philosophy at all. And so uh, you know, trying to do business, not a good idea. You know, If somebody's deathly afraid of risk and wants to keep all their money in short-term bonds or CDs, well, great, you know, you're going to get about less than half a percent, you know, that that's amazing. Um, so, but the good news is, you know, you can probably, uh, work with someone, find someone that will try to get the balance between stocks and bonds right in your portfolio. Uh, today, one of the reasons I've been talking about the lifetime income product, you know, everybody that talks about these talks about, Oh, you get stock market returns with no risk. Well, first of all, that's not true. Everything has risk to it. There's some risk in there somewhere. You have to find out what that risk is. And if is that the risk you want to take? Is that the risk that you're comfortable with? The risk-free returns right now are less than one-half of 1%. That's the risk-free. One-half of 1%. I had some guy, and I'm, I'm not going to, I'll never mention anybody's name, but he wrote a, a, a kind of snarky email saying, I should stop. Uh, broadcasting that you need a million dollars at 5% to make $50,000 a year because his clients are upset with him over that. And I'm going, um, okay, you see interest rates are like less than 1%, right? Yeah. That's simple math. First of all, I don't know what kind of calculators your, your clients are using. You might want to buy them one. But when you take a, let's say you, you put your money in a 30-year treasury bond, at 1.19%. Okay, 1.19%. That means that you're going to get $11,000, not $50,000 on a million bucks. Okay? So if you wanted to be super safe, put and that's not super safe by the way. That's a 30-year <laughs> a 30-year bond. A 1-year treasury bill is paying paying 0.117. So when I I'm not saying this to scare anybody, it's to try to bring them up into reality because that's what you got to deal with. That's the way things are. Okay. And, and I know it's hard. 
That's why it's more important today than ever that if, if you don't do this or some some of the stuff that I'm talking about doesn't make sense to you, find an advisor. Interview two or three. You know, or, and if you're still not comfortable, just keep going. You got to be careful. You got to be careful because there are a lot of advisors that are pretty shrewd. They'll just tell you what you want to hear. That's not in my. That's not in my system. I want you to try to do the right thing. I don't want to have to worry about remembering what I said. The uh, because it's that's not a good way to live life. And I think uh, is it difficult out there? Yeah. Is it the hardest it's ever been? Nope. This is not the hardest it's ever been. It was really scary back in the early '60s when we were on the verge of a nuclear war. You know, if they had had Facebook and Google back then, people'd uh, be panicked much more so than they are about what's going on right now. If you go back to the Depression, holy cow! Or how about a world war, where all the countries, as many countries, were actually at war at the same time? Okay. So when you when I think in terms of is this bad, it's pretty rough. Is it the worst it's ever been? No. Is there nothing you can do about this? Absolutely not. Get a plan. Put a plan together. And it does not need to be complicated. Now, I know they, uh, I talked about semiconductors and healthcare, and, and we will spend a couple minutes talking about individual stacks before this show is over. But those sectors, by the way, are in the funds that I hold in a broadly diversified portfolio. All the stocks that are in those specific sectors are in some of the funds that I hold. The, the difference between those models and the, the broadly diversified models is that they're concentrated in those. Now you can add that to your portfolio with us. We do it all the time, but we're going to have a conversation about it because I want you to know, I want you to be comfortable with the amount of risk you're taking before you get in. And I don't want you going in under false expectations. And I can tell you that an awful lot of the time, people uh, will come in and, and I'm not telling them what they want to hear. I'm telling them what it is, how it is. Look, if you're invested in stocks, they can go down 50%. You will not magically know when to get out. You will not magically know when to get back in. Anybody that's ever listened to one of my shows has heard me say that at least once. Uh, it doesn't stop some people from thinking, well, yeah, yeah, he'll still be able to do it because he's just saying, no, I'm not. I wouldn't do that. I promise you I wouldn't. The, uh, you can get an idea. And by the way, this rally, um, the number of stocks investable by large funds that were showing a short-term uptrend never surpassed the number of stocks that were still in a short-term downtrend. That's a first. <laughs> yeah, or by a significant amount. And uh, that's... That, that's amazing. What that tells me is a bunch of different things. I'm running out of time here. I won't have the time to get into that. So if somebody can remind me, maybe send me an email to, to talk about that subject on next week, on next week, next week's show. <laughs> just uh, let me know. I'm going to take a real quick phone call here. Uh, I just have a few minutes left, and this is Herman. Yeah, hello, Bill. I have a real quick question because a few months ago, you mentioned a it was either an ETF or a mutual fund. It might have been first trust about high-quality yes. dividend companies. Right. That he was one worth considering. Yep. Can, can you repeat the name of that? Um, yeah. It was, again, emphasis on was worth considering. <laughs> exactly. That's why I said it that way. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it was the First, first Trust Value Line Dividend Index. Uh, and there, okay. 
Yeah, so if you go look it up or or just email me, I can email you a link to a a page on it. It it sh- tells you about it. Uh from its bottom price, it, it's up about 33% and uh which is good. Uh it's below its uh higher price about let me see the higher price that it reached by about 14%. So it's still 14% off of its high. Which is not uncommon, by the way. Um, most funds out there uh, have not reached their old highs. The uh, S and P is cl- closer to its old highs than most funds are right now. Okay, thank you, but that was my only question today. All right, well, thanks. Appreciate your call. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I have that, by the way. I have, you know, just to disclose to everybody, the uh, it's in my portfolio, and it, it's interesting. They uh, have a very specific technique for selecting those stocks. If you'd like to know more about that, you know, feel free. I will gladly uh, forward you any information on that. That's not a recommendation, by the way. You're not allowed to do that. I just like the attributes of that fund. That's why I mentioned it. Okay. And I, I told you I would talk about individual stocks, and, and I'm going to try to. i got about three minutes here. So the lookout for the bull website is as um, the, the material on there, the training on it is free. Uh, the daily scans, uh, Mike Seeger pu- publishes on a daily basis. He's been doing a great job. The, uh, uh, it's been a wild ride, as you can imagine, if you were doing that. If you're interested in learning more about that, you know, feel free to give us a call in the office or send us an email, you know, and the vast majority of it is on the website. I, I had intended on trying to cut a few videos for, for years now. Uh, I'm just uh, paranoid about putting myself out there, <laughs> but the uh, the basic information is all there, and and it is free. Uh, I find that it needs to be emphasized before people actually get it, because they look at it. It seems so simple; they almost just dismiss it immediately. But I'm telling you that that's the bottom line. If you want to drive a nail, find a hammer, <laughs> and and hit the nail on the head with the hammer. Now, that could be really tough for a two- or three-year-old. Can you imagine that? But you should have seen my dad. He was a carpenter, and he never missed. He would never met dent the wood. If he did, it was very, 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 very rare. So he was what would be known today as a Finnish carpenter if they still if they didn't use nail guns. Today they use nail guns and uh, doesn't leave a mark on the wood. Back in those days, when you miss the nail, you leave a mark on the wood. And uh, depending on who's project it was you might have to replace that whole piece of wood (laughs) anyway i hear the music that means the show is definitely over thanks again everybody for listening uh have a good week good investing good luck go to my website bullingtoncapital.com if you have a question and i'll see you again or talk to you again next week You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.